Welcome to the Be Real podcast. I am your host, Diana Gasparoni. I am a visionary psychotherapist, CEO, and founder of Be Well Psychotherapy and Be Her programs. Along with my amazing co-hosts, Anisha Salisbury and Divya Robin, each week we will talk about the journey of mental health wellness. We will talk about why your mental health is just as important as your physical health and the connection that being mentally well has on all areas of your life. We will be interviewing psychotherapists from various disciplines and schools of thought, doctors from both Eastern and Western disciplines, authors, change makers, thought leaders, and more. Our mission is to bring you information that is both thought-provoking and encourages you to look closer at your mental and emotional well-being. We will give you tips and insights to taking the next steps, or if you have already gotten in the door, to go deeper. Each week, we are going to have real conversations, helping you work through your mental wellness questions, reminding you that you are not alone. Mental health is my passion. I practice what I preach. I know that the struggle is real. It is our mission to touch as many souls as we can with this content, leading you to a place of mental clarity and well-being. So for the next hour, let's work together and look underneath the surface and get real. Welcome back to the Be Real Podcast. This is Anisha Salisbury, co-host. I think I'm taking over as host today. And so our host, Diana Gasparoni. How are you doing over there, Diana? <laughs> I'm doing okay, Anisha. Back here in the, what is it? The, the co-host seat. What's the person that, the co-pilot. I'm co-piloting today. I'm not the pilot of this ship. So I'm just sitting back and letting you do your thing. And so here we go. I like it. I like this right. role reversal today. I think I like it. I'm not really sure. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so today we are talking about relationships, right? And our relationships generally with other people. But before we get into that, um, we have Melanie Stitt, who's a licensed clinical social worker on here to talk about that. I think that we really need to talk about our relationship with ourselves because people, we are recording this podcast in a pandemic. So we have spent a lot of time with ourselves these last yes. couple of weeks. And so I'm wondering, Diana, are we, are we tired of ourselves yet? Like, are we ready to break up with ourselves? Like, are we angry because maybe we're spending too much time on the couch? Maybe we haven't washed the dishes. Maybe oh. we like haven't put on that clean shirt or maybe <laughs> taken that extra shower. I don't, I don't know where the we is in this. Where's the, where is the we? I, but I, I'm speaking for, for maybe some viewers out there. <laughs> there. Okay. The collective we. Got it. The collective we. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how's your uh, relationship with yourself going? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's an excellent, it's an excellent question. I mean, I, I definitely have had some frustrating moments for sure. What I would really like, I, we are playing the... <laughs> The game over here is what on this episode of quarantine purchases. So one of my purchases was a new pair of slippers, which for those of you who heard our earlier, one of our earlier podcasts, I said to put your shoes on, like you were going to work and I've been doing that. But at the end of the day, I got, you know, beginning and the end of my day, I got my slippers on for a lot longer because the beginning and the end of my day are a lot longer and I really want my new slippers to come <laughs> because these are done. And, um, you know, I'm keeping a pretty good rhythm with myself as far as like doing all the things like getting up, getting ready for work. I am a little bit tired of comfortable pants. I would like <laughs> to put on a dress and a really nice pair of shoes, take a nice long walk like I was going to the office. But I've also been had the opportunity to put new habits into place. So uh, I do have a regular yoga practice and I've been able to do that more often in the morning. And that's been really nice. And I'm still working on that nighttime, that nighttime thing, like having like that same time at the end of the day where you go to bed and you have the clothes down where you're like, I put on a mask and I have a cup of tea and then I light a candle and then like all those things. Yeah, that's not happening, but I'm trying. <laughs> like it's in the back of my mind that that should happen. Um, but yeah, I can, uh, I have also given a lot of credit to my long-term relationship with therapy for my internal thoughts right now. I think that that without that, I might be a little bit undone is the best word I could, just, I could find that, that, that having had those tools and 
being able to put those tools into place has been super, super helpful for me. And I have seen that in uh, other people as well. What about you? How are you doing with your relationship um, with yourself over there? Well, you know, you talked about slippers. Um, <laughs> and I am tired of the sound of my slippers. And I'm just like, it's time to get new slippers because I'm tired of hearing them go down the hall because I have hardwood floors. So I'm starting to get annoyed. I'm going to send um, you the I link to the ones that I got. Girl, <laughs> well, I love, I can, I'm going to love them. I love them already and they're not here yet. And I got two colors so that I could switch them up. <laughs> So you can feel special. <laughs> Dress up slippers and regular everyday slippers. I got two. I got two. Go ahead. So I definitely think that my morning um, ritual is pretty good. Like I wake up, I get in the shower, I get dressed. So that always feels really good um, because I am doing telehealth. So I'm doing video sessions. I'll put makeup on and I'll fix my hair, even though I really, really need to see my beautician. But that's a whole nother thing. Right. So I'm, I'm putting I'm pulling myself together the best way I know how. So that feels really good. I think that my relationship with therapy has helped me to give myself permission and have compassion for myself, give myself permission to like not be productive all the time, because there are times when I just feel tired. And understanding that I am, you know, working at home through a pandemic. So I just feel tired sometimes. Like, you know, I just feel like this heaviness that maybe I didn't feel before. So I'm okay with the fact that like, yeah, I might sit down and watch more Netflix than I normally do. And then I might just go read a book too, right? Like, so just kind of having some compassion for myself that I am not the girl that I knew three weeks to a month ago, right? Because things have shifted and I've changed. The world has changed. So I've changed too. And you changed with it. Um, yeah. I know you like a nap. Um, and I don't mean, <laughs> and I, well, I mean, because I think naps are really important. That's why I'm saying that. I know that you, you but, like, but a I nap. do like a nap. <laughs> you do. I mean, I, I too like a nap and I did take a delicious nap on Saturday afternoon that I don't think I've allowed myself. I mean, Saturday, as we all know, I was a waitress and so Saturday, I used to I used to work on every Saturday night and I used to have a regular nap schedule on Saturday afternoons from like three to four and um, so that I could get ready to go to work and I would be all geared up, you know, get up, have your espresso, go to work, be ready. I took that nap this Saturday and I was like, ooh, I'm going to make sure that I keep that in my schedule when things shift again. I was going to say go back to normal, but that's not going to happen. So when they shift again <laughs> and we are working out of an office or part-time out of an office or whatever it looks like, but when it shifts again, but I'm going to keep that Saturday afternoon nap for sure. I think it's great that you are starting to think about the habits that you want to hold on to and the rituals that, you know, you started during this um, pandemic. Um, because yes, like you said, we don't know what normal is. It's just going to be a shift because we may not go back to the life that we knew before. So maybe figuring out like, what do I want my life to look like now going forward? Mm -hmm. So that feels really good too, um, to, to be able to imagine something different for myself. Maybe if that was hard for me before it wasn't, but for some people it is. So to be able to imagine something different for yourself could be really cool at this time. Um, we can have a whole episode of habits that we should create during this time that we want to keep and we want to leave behind. Um, I love I've that. Been, yeah. For sure. I definitely have been thinking about that and talking about the types of habits that you may create during this time and how to differentiate between the ones that are really good for you and ones that may not be sustainable uh, for a long period of time. So that's cool. Should I introduce Melanie? Should I give her I, I bio think, now? You're the I host. We should you're introduce you're in charge. We should start <laughs> talking about our relationships with others. <laughs> Um, okay, so super excited on today's podcast. Our special guest is Melanie Stitt. She is a very longtime dear, dear friend of mine. She currently works with us at Be Well Psychotherapy as a one of our staff members, and she also is a clinician in Philly. So she works full-time Monday through Friday in Philly, and she works with us on the weekends. And we're super excited to have her on the show today to talk about our relationships with others and uh, the possibility of dating during this time. All yes. right. Yes, I can't wait. All right. So let's get to it. During this time of COVID-19, we want to remind you to be patient and breathe. If you notice that you are having trouble sleeping or concentrating, that is natural under these circumstances. We all need a minute to adjust. However, 
If you are feeling overwhelmed, extremely anxious, or the isolation is too much, now may be the time to connect with a therapist. If you are in the New York area, please reach out to BeWellPsychotherapy.com and if outside the area, please connect to a therapist near you. Again, if you're in the New York area, please contact BeWellPsychotherapy.com. Now, back to our show. Hey, hey, it's me, Diana, and it, you know, be real day. And Anish is here with me. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> so we're super excited because, you know, we are super excited every time we sit down to tape a podcast. More specifically, today we have a guest, Melanie Stitt. So I'm going to give you a little backstory. So Melanie is a therapist. She's in private practice in Philly, and we are fortunate enough that she is in private practice with us at Be Well, so you can get her in both places. But Melanie and I have been friends forever and been working together pretty much on and off for the past 30 years, and super exciting and super weird coincidence. We had kind of lost touch with each other, and about 15, maybe 16 years ago, we bumped into each other on the steps of... (laughs) NYU coming out right out there in front of the social work school. And I was like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm graduating. And she's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm going to class. And I was like, what are you going to do after you finish graduating? She's like, moving to Philly. And I was like, why are you moving to Philly? And she's like, I don't know. She did. And then about five years later, she called me up and she's like, hey, I need a supervisor. I think you're supervising. And I was like, how'd you know? And she's like, I just did. And so that is the story of how Melly and I have been friends forever and ever and ever. And it just keeps going on like that. When she called me and she said, I want to work in New York, I was like, well, there's nothing I would like more. So she's been working with me in New York now, I don't know, on and off for years. And now she's fully onboarded at Be Well. And we're super excited to have her here today. Miss Melanie. Hello, everybody. Hi. (laughs) Today, we're going to talk a little bit about a lot about Um, what's going on in the world, as you know, and how to stay mentally healthy in this weird time in this pandemic. And uh, we're going to talk about social isolation and what that's like that and the difference between that and loneliness and how to examine some of these feelings and some of the feelings that we're holding for people and that we see coming up. You know, Nisha is our gifted question person. So she's going to start with a few questions for us. What do you got, Nisha? I'm going to start with some statistics for you, right? Okay. To just get us started a little bit. <laughs> According to a professor of psychology and neuroscience at Brigham Young University, lack of social connection heightens your health risk as much as smoking 15 cigarettes a day or having alcohol use disorder. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, more than a quarter of the population lives alone, which is the highest rate ever recorded. Uh, more than half of the population is unmarried. I want to know, like, are we becoming lonelier? Or are we more inclined to recognize and talk about the problem? The statistics are amazing. I think that when we start to think about what's happening right now and that we are being asked uh, very strongly to socially isolate and the effects that it will have on us mentally and physically, we really have to put that in the forefront of how we are constructing our days, right? We, A lot of us, most of us, if we're lucky, we were able to transition at home and continue to work. So that's important because we're able to have connection with other people every day. We've also been, most of us are now using this new platform. Well, not new, it's not that new, but being able to see each other over video and what that feels like. So we aren't socially dis but we still can interact. And I wonder if that will change that statistic in any way. So I have a question about the statistics in terms of ages, because what I think that people in certain age groups are used to being around people, but the younger people are used to interacting with people online. They, They oftentimes don't meet people for weeks and weeks and months and So does it say what the ages are of the people in the study? Because I would think, and I'm not sure, sorry, but I I would think that the isolation piece might hit older people more so than younger people. It did not specify, but the interesting thing is, is some years ago, I learned that a lot of people in the older population, they were getting roommates. 
right? To combat this, to combat loneliness, right? Like they started rooming with other people their age and sometimes they were rooming with younger people. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just about loneliness, but it was also because we really can't afford to live in these cities that we live in, especially New Yorkers, probably for people in Philadelphia as well. So people were moving in together, not just to save money, but you know, to kind of deal with the impact of loneliness. But it definitely did not specify. But it's interesting because I still see loneliness in some of my younger clients. Although we have all of this technology, I think that what happens is they just feel disconnected sometimes from others and and, and disconnected from, you know, the environment. Like some of them were in college and no longer in college and now they're back home. They feel very disconnected from people. So that makes them lonely. And then they, Mm -hmm. you know, social distance and they isolate because, you know, we don't talk about all of the people who are dealing with social anxiety, right? Like what is this like for them now? Are they more anxious? I, what are you seeing, Anisha? I know that you're still seeing a caseload of people, and your younger and your younger people. What are you get? Are you hearing any reports that people are anxious about being alone, or um, what that what it's bringing up for them? I, I am. I'm hearing about people who are anxious about being alone because we're in New York City now. So some of us in, are either in week two or week three of social distancing and kind of isolating ourselves. For some of my clients, you know, they wanted to come in and see me. Right. Because they just felt like I've been in a house for so long. And, you know, I've talked to them about like, are you comfortable, um, you know, video chatting with friends and things like that. And I think people are comfortable with it. It still feels very alone when you are physically alone. So I think it's something about physically being alone that we would need to talk about. Right. Even though we have the video. Is it enough? So I have people that run the gamut, my young people. I did a full day, almost a full day of telehealth yesterday. And I went from a client who had been experiencing chronic pain. And so she was not used to going out because of her chronic pain, just is getting out of it now. And now the pandemic happened. From her standpoint, she's like, I'm used to this. I've been doing this most of my life. I was excited to be able to go out, but it's not really affecting me that much. The the shift has been that as her pain has improved, prior to that, she wasn't able to even have bright lights or be on Skype or be on camera. So now she's like, I'm excited because now I can FaceTime my friends. I couldn't even do that before. So for her, it kind of has worked out in her favor for this moment. You know, she's she's young. She wants to run out, but she understands that she can't. And then I have had people who are just like, I just want to come into the office. Like, I just want to figure this piece out. It has run the gamut with my young people. Um, so I, I understand what you're saying with your client, Anisha. Well, one of the things that I was just thinking about, um, about this, because I've been thinking about it all week, is what kind of diagnoses we're going to see on video fatigue. Like, mm. it is, like, you have to, you stay present in a different way. We're talking and we're on the on the phone or we're working, we've pivoted to work and like we see corporations are working from home and people are working from home. So they're interacting. And then there's like, have a Zoom cocktail party on Tuesday night right. at seven or this, that and the third. And then all of a sudden you're, you're being, it's like, you're asking for more contact than you had before. Because right. like, I know that I've gotten invitations for like three times in the middle of the week. And I was like, but I would be home like watching TV. It's <laughs> nine o'clock. I wouldn't be on, I wouldn't be chatting with anybody. My day would be done. I felt a lot of pressure to participate in those. Like I wasn't going to see anybody ever again. I was like, yes, I am. Like I still have Wi-Fi. <laughs> um, I was taught personally was tired by that. And then I've been recommending that as you put structures into place and you're getting those part, you're getting those invites and like what that's like, like to really be mindful of your, your time and your energy. Like, even though we've, you can't go outside, you can't, you can go outside. I don't want to say that you're not going to work, but you are going outside because everybody's taking a walk every day, right? Everybody is taking a We're walk trying. every day. Yes. <laughs> I haven't been out in four days. Oh my god. You gotta go outside. You have to go for a walk every day. You and gotta Nisha, go- I don't work out at all and I've been out every day. <laughs> every single day. You have to go for a walk every single day. People are doing the right thing. Like you tuck yourself into a corner and like but Going outside is super important because, again, I know I, we talked about this. We, I'm going to talk about it every time during this pandemic. You don't want to be afraid to go outside. Yeah. And that is something that will start to happen if you don't keep it as a routine. Like I've been suggesting to everybody, how do you get to work? 
you definitely, you get up and you go, you walk to the subway or you walk to your car or you, I'm asking people to do the same thing, like get out and walk around the block and come back in and change your mindset. So now you're at work. When you go to lunch, go outside, come back in, make your lunch. And at the end of the day, go outside, come back in, and then your day is over. So the energy in your house changes. That is I my- do think you have to leave the house. You have to. Denisha, yeah, you, you have, have to. to. <laughs> it's so interesting. So, you know, my birthday was this week, right? My yeah. birthday was just a couple of Happy days birthday. ago. Happy birthday. That was one of the parties you. that I sent a Zoom link to. <laughs> So it was just very interesting having to quarantine, right, for my birthday Um, and just dealing with the lack of choices, the lack of options that I had. So, of course, everyone who knows me, I was going to be on vacation, right? But instead, I was canceling my flight to my hotel plans and everything else. Um, So and on the day of my birthday, it was probably like the coldest day in New York. It was like 40 degrees and raining. I was definitely not going out. I think that what we, sh- we we could talk about is this process of kind of like grieving the things that were supposed to happen, oh, but are not yeah. going to happen because of the pandemic, right? Like, so for me, it was my birthday, right? And all of the things that I wanted to do, I also got an email from my college, my reunion this year, my college reunion, which is my 20th reunion, which is a big reunion, is canceled. There were these things that I had planned to do that have been canceled. So I need to grieve the loss of that. And I need to give myself time to process it. And my sister called me and was like, oh, I know it's your birthday, but like, you know, just be grateful that you're alive. And I was like, oh no, girl, I need a moment to (laughs) grieve that I can't go on vacation, that I can't see my family. I can't see my friends other than on video, right? Like, let me have a moment. And so I want to make sure the people who are listening know that it's okay to take your moment because we're all not dealing with this the same. And we should have time to process it and grieve over the things that are not going to happen and be disappointed and sit in those feelings. Do you think that it's okay to, I mean, I think it's okay, but I don't know how realistic it is to encourage people to be hopeful because we don't know when it's going to end. Right. So I have a lot of tickets that I'm waiting for the refunds for because I had trips planned as well for me. And I don't know if I'm being, I don't know what it is, but for me, I'm like, well, those places aren't going anyplace and I'm going to still go in my head. I'm still going someplace in August. I don't know if that's true, but I think it makes me feel hopeful because we know this isn't going to end. So what, what do you think about the idea of saying, okay, we can grieve it. It, You have to grieve a thing that you were looking forward to and now is not happening, but can you also be hopeful and grieve at the same time? Oh no, I I definitely think that you can. Yeah, for but sure. for me, I can't be hopeful about the thing that was going to happen on March 25th because that didn't happen. Right. But I could be hopeful right. about doing the same thing in October. Right. Like I can feel good that it's not that it can never happen. It just didn't happen in a time that was allotted for it to happen. And I have to deal with the feelings around that. So I definitely think it's hopeful for us to be hopeful about, you know, these things happening later. But, you know, we are talking to people who are missing out on graduations, right? High schoolers that are missing out on prom, you know, all of these things that in our society are considered milestones happens when you don't have that milestone moment. Right. What does happen? Like, do you, does it mean that you graduated? Like, (laughs) but um, no, of course you did. There's that feeling of celebration that you have in those moments when you like get the diploma, you walk across the stage, there's the party. And if you're not going to have those things, how are you going to find a place and a time and a way to celebrate? And like, if you're in your home by yourself or just with a few people, how do you create that same energetic feeling? What kind of party can you have for yourself? I know that I was also supposed to be on vacation this week, actually in the same place as Nisha, totally random. And I was like, oh, we were going to have, like, we tried to plan it out. We were going to have dinner together. We were like, going to hook up for a drink. And then we were like, yeah, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> and even when right. we were talking about it, she's like, I guess I can't go because none of the restaurants are open. And I was like, yeah, we're, we're not, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> and so I too had to like cancel a trip this and I also feel like Melanie and that I'm like, well, I'm definitely going away in August. I like the idea that I have like that hope and that understanding that those places are still going to be there feels grounding to me like that. I'm like, yes. Mm-hmm. And even if I don't go this August, then I'll plan it for next August because I did want to go to Italy. So I don't know if that's going to be a thing. Um, well, I might be on makes- hold for a little while. <laughs> just for a hot, hot second. Just a hot second. That makes sense, though, because think about so we're 
we can get over, I guess, the idea of not having your birthday, right, Anisha, because, mm-hmm. you know, we're the age that we are. And But I'm thinking of younger kids. Like, how do you explain to them, like, the roller skating rink that we were going to have all these people in my presence and my this and my <laughs> that and, and kind of explaining yeah. and kind of, uh, can I postpone my birthday until August to a 10-year-old? And it's something that I guess you have to kind of think about. How do you make it? How do you make it the same excitement? And how do you make it the same type of feeling four months from now to a 10 year old or a 12 year old? And how do you explain to them that you just have to, it just is what it is? Like, is that what you say well, to them? Or do you? I think it's really an interesting, it, what's, when you're talking, I'm thinking that we have to be more creative in how we are planning and doing or the excitement. What kind of things can we do that are creative? I mean, if you were having a 10 year old party, then you would have a different experience of a party at home. And then, and then yes, you would be disappointed because you're 10, but you would also be excited because you were being celebrated. And right. And then you we're also celebrate. Right. So we're we're celebrating, but we're also creating new traditions. For Anisha's birthday, we had this party over Zoom. We would, you know what? I was gonna celebrate with her in where were we going? Charleston? Yeah, in Savannah. Savannah. <laughs> I was like, wait, I don't even remember where we were. And it would have just been like the two of us, but now we have a di- we had a different experience. We had a lot of people from the group together. We might not have done that because it was a Tuesday night that we had the party. People would have been working. So right. or like too tired to go out on a school night or whatever the case may be. So we right. might have a new tradition moving forward that we have this party together. Little little cheers to Anisha. And then she has another another experience. So as we start to do these things and we think about it, I know that like when I had to cancel my trip and I was like, okay, I really want to make sure that we are, I was going on a girl's trip. So this Sunday night, we're all going to get together and make some sort of cocktail that you would have in the South. But I saw them all this morning. They all, we said, cause we would have been landing today or having breakfast today. So we all got on, on the computer and said, hi, but I never would have done that on a regular Friday right. morning. You know, so it is an ex- it's a time to make new traditions. So I think that's yeah. nice, right? You can just make a new normal and maybe that carries over into the better days or whatever we're going to call after this. <laughs> well, they're going to be <laughs> yeah. different. I think that they're just, I, I don't know that they're going to be better or worse. I think that they're just going to be different. You know, and I think that we have to figure out like, you know, how long, because I, I said, oh, I should be able to sit in the feeling, right? How long do I sit in that feeling? So do I give myself a day or two to in some way be disappointed or a bit sad? And then realize at the same time, like, yes, like we talked about, I can do this all in four or five months or whatever the months are. Right. And for me, I have a lot of siblings. And so we did like a whole Zoom party where my brother actually DJ in his house. Right. While we were all on Zoom together. And it was an amazing time. (laughs) And we wouldn't have done that otherwise. Right. Like, so they would have just called me and said happy birthday and would have been done with it. So it feels like because of this, we're putting we're going that extra mile that we wouldn't normally go. And so I really do appreciate that. I was uh, on Facebook the other day and it was a little girl who was supposed to have a party and of course she couldn't have her party. So her friends all were outside of her house and they were six feet apart and they had like balloons and they were waving at her and she came out the house and she just was so excited, right? And so again, we just have to um, find new ways to do things. And I think that every time there is a crisis or something that is life-changing happens to us. We just find new ways. And I think right. we'll do the same right now. We'll find yeah. new ways to spread. And I do though, like we were able to pick up and go, right? Like we our our moods shifted and we were disappointed, but we should be mindful that like, as these, because dis- we may see a series of disappointments, right? A series of things right. that we there's a lot of there in the grief, right? Some of it is some of it is just the grief of not being able to go physically to work in your new in your new normal life. And then also the things that we've been planning that we're disappointed in. And we should be mindful of when the grief doesn't shift, right? Because it does multiple multiple 
um, disappointments can lead to an underlying uh, depression. What do you think, Mel? I guess I wanted to go back for a second to ask Ignatia or just to put it out there. Do we have to have a specific amount of time to grieve? Like with everything, I think that we would grieve the, the event let it resolve on its own accord. That's what I would think. But I like the idea of in the moment, like having people coming together and saying, okay, you know, we're going to try to put something together so that you're not grieving for two weeks because you didn't have your birthday on that day. So I like the idea that you just kind of let it resolve, but also have some other things put in place so that you're not kind of sitting with it for so long. I don't know. I think, I think that it's going to be, it's, we don't know what's going on, right? So I think everybody is doing the best that they can with the information that they have. And I think as long as we try to stay connected and we try to really, it's important to reach out to the people that we know had a difficult time before this happened, right? So I know that you weren't feeling well beforehand. And I know that you had something going on that you weren't able to, to celebrate in the way that we had planned. I'm going to make sure that I check on you. I'm going to make sure I ask you what you need from me. Uh, and not assume that you want to do a Zoom party with me. You know, some people want yeah. to, but some people <laughs> might not want to. So That's I'm right. going to really kind of check in because we don't know, right? This is so unprecedented that we have no clue how to support people who might be having a difficult time before this happened and now maybe more so because it happened. So I don't know. I think I think it's a lot of communication, a lot more communication than we were doing before just to kind of check in and Anisha, what kind of questions should we be asking, do you think, when we're checking in on people? Because sometimes we don't want it to be too intrusive either, right? Because if people were, we want to be able to make sure that we're helping people who, if they're feeling isolated, in the isolation, if they start to feel lonely or they start to feel depressed and we're checking in on them, depression can also, it can look different in different ways. Mm -hmm. So some ideas like for people who are checking in on friends who might not be so receptive to the things that are to a zoom call or to a phone call even. I think for me, I want to ask my friend, what do you want to talk about? Cause we never ask people that, right? Like, and I think because the coronavirus is every, that's all people are thinking about right now because it's all over our news and, you know, we're getting all of these, um, on our phones, you know, like check this news and check that news. So like, boundaries for me around the corona like to make sure like maybe my friend doesn't want to talk about that so just calling right. and asking hey like so what's going on with you like what would you like to talk about today because I know you know it's a lot going on around us I want to make sure if they don't want to talk about corona or they don't want to talk about their mom being sick that okay we can talk about you know their boyfriend or the vacation that they want to take whatever it is I think that and also being mindful not to dump all of our feelings onto the person that we call because sometimes right. we check up on people but it's only a way for us to kind of vent to and maybe right. they can't take all of that on because it's all too heavy right now so I think right. just checking in on people and seeing like what can you take on what are you capable of right now before right. I just kind of right. let you have all of this that's awesome that's really those are really good ways to get people to start talking too and what about over checking Mel <laughs> is there that risk I think there is that risk. I think that, and I think that that's our own anxiety, right? Like they didn't answer me. So let me check back in. Let me check back in. And I think that I like to put out the blanket, like, let me know if you need me. Let me know if there's anything you want to talk about. And then go back a few days and say, just checking in. That's what I do in general, right? So I think that if somebody, they know, first of all, if it's your friend, they know your number, they know where you are. They know that you texted them. So they, it's, it's not, it's not something that they don't have access to. So if they need you, then they will probably check. They will probably reach back with the people that I work with. I sent, I sent texts just checking in and I make sure that if they have an appointment scheduled, I let them know if you need to talk to me between our appointments, just let me know. Right. Because for the most part, everybody knows who to contact. It is whether they're going to or not, as long as you put it out there that you're receptive to it. I think that that's all you can do. Yeah, if there's somebody that you have and if you're worried about, I think that you might want to just kind of rally the, the people that you know that know them and say, okay, this is what I did. Did you, you know, what do you think we should do? And maybe triage, but your friends know, your clients know. Yeah. And with your clients, so you opened it up a little bit and let people know that they could check in with you in between appointments during this time. Yeah. 
yeah, that was cool. Anisha, did you do the same thing? I know I did. Yeah. And I text um, the clients that I'm actively seeing now and people who I haven't seen in a couple of months too. I checked on them to say, Hey, how are you? If you need a session or anything like I'm here for you. Cause I think sometimes when people drop out of therapy, sometimes they're afraid to come back. So, you know, they don't know if it's okay. Like if, 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 as if I'm mad at them or something, so they don't know if they can come back. So I wanted everyone to know like, Hey, how are you? How's it going? I'm still Anisha, here for you. So Anisha and Melanie both have room on their schedules right now. <laughs> so, <they're saying. laughs> so tell us how the appointments are open. They both have room on their schedules and that is, and they are definitely available both in New York. Anisha in New York and Melanie in New York and Philly um, and using these techniques with in the work that they're doing. What if you are at what at this time, right? I know that in New York, it's we are the epicenter. If you're really worried about somebody, what do you think? What are you suggesting that people do? Me? <laughs> yeah, Mel, <laughs> sure, go ahead. Start talking one of you. <laughs> um, Right, because you can't go over and check on him. You can go over. <laughs> and you can call him. Anisha. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the interesting thing is, right? Right, for if sure. If can we send a text and say, "Hey, I'm concerned." Can you just text me back and say you're okay? We don't have to talk because I think people fear having a full-on conversation or yes. a back and forth text thing, right? Like I don't feel like doing that today, but like, can you just let me know that you're okay, right? Blink right. if you're just alive, like, kind of thing. Give me an emoji. Just like one emoji. An, give me something. Just do the little okay thumbs yeah, up. Yeah, give me a little thumbs up. Give me a little, you know, like a little smiley face. Just a little something, something, so I know, you know, like right. I like the heart emoji. That's my favorite. Little pink heart. So like good you know like I thank you for checking in because I do think that like in this time like some everybody's going to go through a whole host of feelings I have had to like just turn my phone over like because there's a lot of checking in and then like it's almost like being over over prescribed to check in like I was I was good three weeks ago I'm I mean I had a little bit of an adjustment period but I'm okay so in case anybody is texting me right now they know that I'm okay um I am fine and then if you need the help if you really want to start to reach out know that people are available I know that we at we are totally available and that um, there are other professionals that are out there in the reaching out. I want to pivot the conversation just a little bit because in, when we were talking about disappointment, uh, people were actively dating, right? Oh yeah. Like, we're trying to get to know people and people were uh, on the apps as the kids say, <laughs> and then, <laughs> which I'm like, Oh, on the apps. This is a bit, that was a big part of life, right? Like you can be social right now with people that, you know, Zoom with them and talk to them. But what kind of things are we talking about in, as far as the dating goes? I mean, I was reading an article and I'm not like Anisha, so I don't have like All statistics. The stats. It's okay. Right. I, but I, I was reading read the article. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so I was reading an article and it said that um, said dating apps are showing the World Health Organization information and guidelines. So I think that that is good, right? That they oh, are. Oh, right. I was. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody yesterday and they got a text from Tinder. Right. <laughs> so I like that they're doing all of the protocol, which I was like, oh, that's nice. That exactly. is a nice thing to get. A little reminder. <laughs> and they're recommending that people don't um, don't meet. However, then in the same article, it said, but people are meeting up more than ever. And I'm like, oh. Okay. So what? <laughs> right. It's such an interesting thing, right? First of all, when you tell people to do something, sometimes the first the first reaction is to do the opposite. Yes. So, um, and also there's the anxiety of when am I ever going to meet you? Like it could be like right. those situations. Like I've seen those situations where people are like texting or trying to get to that coffee date, and it takes like a month and a half, right? Like right. I know, like. If we, if the three of us were trying to get together in person and schedule a dinner, it would take us three months to figure out when we were going to be together. But now right. like this pressure of like, oh my God, I, ha I have to meet somebody today. So right. I can, I can imagine what that feeling is like. Like I got to go, I got to go get this person. I think, but then you have people who are putting their dating life on hold indefinitely because of the pandemic, right? Yeah. Because there's a fear of like, like, okay, will my, my behavior be reckless? 
or dangerous if I do meet someone and I want to hug them and I want to kiss them and I want there to be so some form of affection, right? Mm-hmm. So do I do that? Then I think about the people who, if I meet you dur- during a pandemic, like, are you instantly monogamous, right? Because right. like, I don't know who else you've been with and I can't afford for you to be around anyone else other than me because we should be social distancing. So right. are we a couple after one day? <laughs> I mean, what do you think? <laughs> I think that it, again, because we don't know what to do. I think people panic. I think there's the extremes. People are like, I'm just going to date as normal. And I've heard of people doing social distancing dates. Like I was talking to a friend who was talking about how they went on a date and they were six feet apart from each other. In the past two weeks, they've been on a date, like a first date? In the past five days. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. Out there. (laughs) Right. And You said five days? She said five days. It was in the past five days. And the date was in the park. And in the park, there were many people who were on dates, but everybody was, but everybody seemed to be, to be following the six feet guidelines. And so they got like drinks and they drank and sat and talked. And I think that as we're human, right? So as, as much as we want to follow these guidelines and it is a pandemic and it is very important that we, we do everything that we're supposed to do so that we can get around it. Right think that people also are like the sun is out it's nice it's spring i I just met this dude he's cute i mean sure and you're you know pheromones are up and you want to go out there especially because it's starting to be spring i mean things start start people happening check each other out and there isn't gonna we aren't gonna be able to stop that curiosity and stop those urges and feelings. I mean, those things are there. It's part of being human. And so in the thought of that, it's part of being human, then we don't want to cut off the humanness of being in in this socially isolated time. Like we can't. So how we protect ourselves and go out, like it'll be very interesting to see. Like how, when do you decide? be very creative. People have creative birthday parties and creative dating. And so what what kind of suggestions are you giving people around getting, like, if you see somebody who's, like, just started dating or what, what kind of suggestions are we giving people? I mean, I'm suggesting chatting longer online. I mean, I still go back to the fact that I have young people who have claimed to be dating people and they've never met them. So to me, they are doing, they're already there. But I, I, I just, <laughs> well, we get to really I, redefine, like uh, redefine dating and what it looks like, right? right? Like there is, I mean, there is a lot of language around dating that I personally don't know, so I don't want to get. I we're going to have to bring a younger person into the room and give us some of the language around dating because I don't know it all. But like how we are suggesting, because it is part of being mentally healthy. Like if you yeah. are pursuing a partner and that is something that you want in your life, like we, we're going to encourage that. So how to then in the moment, like, right, you got to be six feet apart from that person. How are we going to get them physically together in this time? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I know it, it feels clear to me, but <laughs> like, I mean, where, are we what kind of structures? Physically- I don't know. I think like if you met somebody and you got to know them and then you were like ready to like touch them, maybe you want to make sure that they were tested for the coronavirus, but then they're coming home with you and then that's, that's it. That's not going to happen. They're not going to happen. <laughs> they're gonna, they don't okay, have we're not to getting tested, that. right? I know. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to tell people. I think that this is a I really mean, big conversation. I think that I would talk about the whole, I mean, maybe, maybe we have to reframe, reframe it. Yeah. Maybe it, it has to be we're courting. Maybe, maybe this is the courting period, right? Like you're talking to people, you're getting to know them more, but just like, I mean, I don't know, did we do this back in the day, but just like back in the day when you got to know, we did it. We do. We, I mean, this is not a sexually transmitted disease. We know this, right? Yes. But this is a conversation we started having in the eighties, right? Like we had to have bigger conversations and maybe the conversations have changed since the 80s, right? Like we had, we were in, I mean, I know that that's when Melanie and I met. <laughs> we met in the 80s. We, we had to have different conversations around sex and around dating and what that was like. And we had to ask big questions before we moved forward in relationships. And now we're being forced to do it again. We're being forced to use more emotional language as we meet people 
so that or harder, bigger conversations, right? Like it could be that we have a stronger communication. What do you think, Anisha? Good or bad? I think it's great. I've been telling my clients, you know, so many of us want people to get to know us and we don't want it to just be a physical thing, right? This is your chance. This is your chance to really have those long conversations that I had when I was 17, where I would fall asleep on the phone with some boy, right? Because, you know, we just couldn't stop talking to each other, right? Like you have more time and maybe you aren't able to be as productive as you would like to. So maybe you can put some of your energy into a relationship. Like you can't write that book you've always wanted to write and you can't start that business that you wanted to start, but you could get to know someone. You can really like, you could, do both. you could do both. You have more time. You can write the book and get to know somebody. Come on. And write a book and meet somebody. We can do it all. Come on. You know how I feel about that. Don't put your, don't put your dreams on hold. So you can be in a relationship. You can do it at the same time, but <laughs> no, I'm just saying that the energy that the pandemic takes from you, right. You may not be able to do it all, but what you could do right now is actually just talk to someone on a phone yes. and get to know them. Right. Like, yeah. so if you can do that, do it. Um, but my, my thought is that I know that during like Superstorm Sandy during Katrina, people got really close. Like people got into these very like, heavy relationships because they were spending so much time together. So my wonder is, will the same thing happen with this pandemic, right? Like, do you well, think that without I might've been dating someone. Say it again, girl. Do you think that was out of fear? Sorry to interrupt you, but do you think that was out I of fear? I think it was out of fear, but I also think it was out of, again, we have more time to spend with each other. Cause I know that I am married now, but my partner, the two of us got so much closer because his um, home had water damage and he couldn't stay there. So he stayed with me and we end up becoming so much closer. And I, I tell people like, I don't know if Superstorm Sandy didn't happen. Like would we have been so close, right? And, and the relationship just kind of- So you are a Sandy couple. We're you a Sandy are, couple. Oh my goodness. I have, a, I have another friend who is also a Sandy couple. Yeah, beautiful wedding too. Same, like huh? yours beautiful we had a good time i had a good time at that so one it might be yeah, some COVID 19 <laughs> weddings happening in two years i don't know <laughs> well i've seen but some wedding think- <laughs> i've seen no, the social ahead. distancing weddings like i wonder if more people who are living together i know i've had some conversations with people who are like maybe we should just get married now right people like that are already together that are together, but like, right. we're maybe on the fence about getting married. And they were like, or we didn't know what we were going to do. And they're like, maybe we should get married now. I just had it with a friend of mine the other day. He said, you know, we're thinking we should just get married now. I was like, okay. I was like, I can marry you. Just give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true, y'all. I can. I mean, I don't know. I kind of go back and forth because I think that it is. So I think that Sandy is a different situation because it was not a. You could physically be together. You could physically be together. You if made you a could, face. You could get there. You could physically <laughs> you could be get together there. if you could physically get there. If you could get could, there. I mean, we couldn't really get places either. Right. So if you, I think that it's a little bit different. So I don't know if that is this. I mean, I think it's the same for now. If people are already together and if you're already in a house and if you are already, you know, kind of leaning towards this is the person that I'm going to be with. I don't know how that translates to, you know, we've been talking for, I mean, are I, maybe I misunderstood what you were saying, because are you saying that people who have just been like talking to each other and are not really dating now, they're going to say, oh my God, like this is the end of the world. We should get together. And so, you know, we can be buried together when this is all over. Like, do you think, is that the kind that you're talking about or are you just talking in general like this might be the time because I think it's well, different I'm thinking that like okay most of our lives are interrupted right now right yes so because of that I'm not going to work and I'm not out for 10 hours like I normally am like I'm home right so I have just more time to either spend with my partner or get to know someone new if I was trying to get to know someone mm-hmm. new and so like for the couples who are getting to know each other and they have so much more time things are accelerating now right because I just right. have more time to focus on you, you than I had before do you and I think you- that's really what it's about what I do you think in your scenario that the people have already physically met 
Yeah, for some people who have met, but I do think that people are meeting right now. And if I'm talking to I mean, you, somebody's going to meet somebody. My feelings right, for you right this might get strong very quickly. They're still dating. Right. <laughs> so, like, right, okay. Right. And spilling it and speeding it up because perhaps, you know, why not? We don't know you what's going to happen. Open. Right. Yeah, you might like, be more open. Might be more open. And if I have to socially isolate, why not do it with you? Right. I mean, I don't see why not. I don't see why not. And I don't think why that there's anything we work wrong from home with together? that. Together. Right. And I don't see that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't see. I think if everybody, if everybody practices what they're supposed to practice, right? And you meet somebody, and, and you guys seem fine, and you're not running around in front of, you know, around a whole bunch of people you want to hang out, then hang out. Why not? One of the things that we do do, right, is that we meet, when we meet people, we meet people in a restaurant or a bar or a coffee shop, most like most people for the first time, right? right? So that we can vet them, right? We get like an energetic read on them and what that feels like. But what we're talking about is the only places that we can go are each other's homes. So we're like, we want to make sure that we're at, like, how are we going to get those questions answered that we feel safe letting somebody into our home? Right. But, but that's not the only place that you can meet. You can do like everybody else. Oh, that's right. It's true. You could go. Are you right? You could go to the park. You could go to the park. You I forgot. Go to the park, We're having a socially distanced meeting at the park. I yeah. completely. All my first dates have been in bars or restaurants. So I was like, I, right. I have not been in but, the park. but we can go outside. <laughs> I mean, that's what we said earlier. We can't let people think that they can't go outside. So if you are going to, I mean, I think this is even maybe better because you're going outside. You have a lot of time and space to talk. You don't have to be drunk to have a good time because you're not buying tons of beers. I mean, you can be drunk, right? You can take <laughs> but, No, you don't. You do not have to be drunk to have a good time. It's true. Right. <laughs> but I guess what I'm saying is like you can just go out into the world like I guess we're supposed to in finger quotes and have like a walk around the block or have something that's somewhat more wholesome than meeting somebody in a bar. Or meeting somebody as a hookup, like at your apartment. You're just, you're practicing the safe guidelines. You're going out into the world. Like you can still do it. So yeah, why not? Again. I like the word wholesome. That might not go over so big with everybody, but I like that. But I like I mean, the idea of like, get you define. of right. Of like really like getting to know somebody in a different way. What do you think about the idea of if we are already feeling lonely, right? If we are then under the circumstances with the underlying anxiety, or is there a chance of like rushing something just to get rid of that feeling? I mean, that's an, that could happen under different circumstances too, but like in this pandemic, is that something that, uh, can you speak to that? Whatever I'm trying to say, But you know what I'm saying? Like if there, if there's already a feeling of loneliness and then there's this feeling of a, this overwhelming anxiety, and then there's, we're also, the whole world is experiencing grief. So one way to move those feelings around would be to connect to another person. Is there the risk of doing it too quickly or I don't know, something kind of like a panic, panic dating in the pandemic. It's a terrible, terrible, (laughs) terrible thing to say. (laughs) I like that. You know, I think that we should try not to throw all of our dating rules out the window, right? Just because we're in this situation. So if you wouldn't normally have, you know, a date at your house on a first date, then don't do it now, right? Because a lot of people are like, I don't know you well enough for you to come into my space and be alone because, you know, I don't know you. So like, why don't we still use those dating rules that we normally have, you know, and just kind of switch them up just a bit. Right. Like, so maybe that first date again is outside, but also you can date multiple people still. You don't have to date one person. I think that there's oh, going to good, be this that's fear a good point. that it has to be one person because I don't want to be reckless or dangerous if I want to be affectionate with someone. So even right. if you date multiple people, maybe you can decide to be affectionate with one. Right. Maybe right. not, not your thing. be I responsible. Mean, that might right. be. Yeah. I mean, we were definitely talking about this from a monogamous sort of heteronormative way. So what, and we can get into different types of relationships and different types of configurations of relationships in a different episode as we're thinking about dating. Like we would, we would be vetting multiple people if we were looking for a partner, right? It wouldn't be like that first person is like, oh, you're the one. 
I'm taking you. He could be, or she could be the one, but like, we might want to check out a couple more to make sure that this one really fits. (laughs) So I like the idea of not, of not keeping it to one person because it is, I think that we have to keep things as, as typical and normal as possible. And so if that is the case, then in real life, we would be vetting people. Totally. Why would that change? Right. I think that that's a very good point. And I think that we don't want to, we want to allow ourselves to meet people in the ways that are safe and also allow ourselves to really look at the current situation of what's happening in the world and not let those feelings, which will change because this will eventually end. When it ends, maybe we don't want to, we don't, not that, I mean, you're allowed to make bad choices when you date for sure so that you can make the right one eventually. And then, (laughs) yeah, I made some pretty bad choices along the way and then (laughs) made a good one, which, um, but it took a long time. So, uh, I want to close up that thought, but it's like so big. I don't even know how to close it up. Uh, Like, I guess, allow yourself to date and make a mistake and see more than one person. I mean, don't disregard it if you have like that instant butterfly feeling too. You want to explore that and what it's like. Melanie's got some really good suggestions about dating in the park, six feet apart. (laughs) (laughs) What about like any suggestions, Anisha, on like first dates online with the like some of the questions you should ask if you're not getting that sort of physical energetic feeling when you're in the room with somebody? Oh, that's a hard one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, maybe we should ask Mel because she's dating. (laughs) <laughs> come on girl yeah all right i mean we can ask mel but nice ball nice ball toss there I mean, nice ball she's toss. Dating. well so i she's think that person it, here that's unpartnered right now right i'm unpartnered and i think that it is not i mean i don't know i think that just because this is happening doesn't change the rules of socialization if you're socializing online right it doesn't change it it it's the same So I'm going to ask the same questions. I'm going to ask, depending on how I meet this person. So I I haven't been online in a while. If I were online, some of the questions that I would ask are, you know, the dumb, boring ones. What do you do? What do you like to do? (laughs) Where do you go? Where did you go to school? What what are some of the things you like to do? Right. And and you could also ask, what are you doing now? Like another question that I would want you to ask, not that I'm asking for you, but like, what are you doing now that you can't go out? Like if you give the, like, if you give the answers, like I go to restaurants, I'm a foodie, I do this, I do that. I want to hear like, I'm cooking, I'm trying new recipes. I'm like, I'm, I'm creating like, those are definitely the things that I would want to hear because I would want to make sure that I was going to get fed when it was all said and done. We could be in the room together. That was going to be a meal for me somewhere. Pre-pandemic, those were my questions, right? So now, because I I have not dated online during the pandemic that happened three weeks ago, I would adjust them, right? So you do want to know, so what are you doing with your free time? Are you working from home? Like, what are your hobbies? How are you filling your time? What are you doing with this time that we have? Um, And I think those are important questions because I think that, it speaks to, can you pivot? Like, are you? Yes, a lot of flexibility. You're going to learn a lot about somebody. Exactly. Like, are you, are you okay with having to switch on a dime? And a lot of people aren't, but your answer can vary, right? Like your answer, if your answer is, you know, well, you know, I had planned on doing X, Y, and Z, but I've adjusted it and now I'm doing A, B, and C. Then that's, I would think for me, an answer I would like to hear instead of, oh my God, I don't know. Like I just, I'm just sitting here in the dark because then I would flip into therapist mode and be like, okay, so let's talk about, you know, what you, how you're, you don't want to have to, you don't want to be working when you're on that date for sure. And you want that person that you are talking to, like you would in real life, be able to tell you that they're flexible and that they can roll with what's happening in the world. For you, Anisha, do you think that this is also like for people who are partnered, do you think people are getting to know each other in a new and exciting way? Oh, I definitely think so. Again, I have more time to spend with him and I, I'm I'm watching the things that he does a little bit more. I'm asking him different questions and we're watching more movies together. And so it's just been interesting that um, and I'm watching how he is, how this is impacting him. 
Sure. And that's very interesting to me. And well, I was thinking for people who are just meeting, like, is it a turnoff if you meet someone who's not taking the coronavirus seriously? What does that say about that person as a person, right? Like, if you're not taking yeah, it seriously, not taking I want to know. Time seriously, right. for sure. And right. also, I think that, like, look, on both sides, you're going to get to see, um, I would, I, this is how I have phrased it over here. I've gotten to see his professional ego. Of course, that's how I phrased it. Mm. But his like how <laughs> went over like a lead Great balloon. Job there for this. Yeah, yeah, went over like a lead balloon when I said it. But like how to be able to switch gears so quickly and like, but then you're home with that person and that person is working. So you're also hearing that other part of their personality that you don't get to see, right? Like you don't get to see. I think I read instant Instagram again. Bring it up Instagram. I bring it up every single episode since we've been on the social isolation. It was like there was a thing that's like, oh, I live with. Uh, I'll circle back. I'll circle back to you, person. Like you don't say I'll circle back to you in your relationship, and then all of a sudden you hear it on the phone. I mean, I say it in emails and at work, but I don't mm-hmm. say it to him. Hey, I'm going to circle. I'll circle back to you on that. Right? <laughs> like no. So that's interesting too. I'm, because I'm noticing. Say, I'm noticing how frustrated he gets because all he has is Zoom meetings all day. And he's like, I'm not getting any work done because I'm always on a Zoom meeting. And right. I'm like, yeah, I've noticed. <laughs> and I'm looking at like, okay, look at this kind of frustration that, you know, is happening with him. And I do think about people, are you falling out of love, right? Are you falling more into love with your partner? And are you thinking about calling the ex right now? Oh, I bet there's been a lot of fallback. <laughs> there's been a lot of like, maybe he wasn't so, maybe, maybe he wasn't so bad for sure. Let me, let me just make sure let me that circle he back, back, to back that. on that one. <laughs> circle back to that one for sure. And yeah, um, yeah, I think that it, it is a time where if the relationship wasn't moving forward and it wasn't a progressive relationship that it could unfortunately be a time where people fall out of love. I mean, you're together all the time. And if you don't have the skills to really communicate what's happening, then things are going to be hard. Things are going to be really hard. But it is also an opportunity for you to create new skills. So it depends. I will depend on how well, how flexible you are and how well you pivot, right? Like if that's, if it's, if you're in the relationship and it's there and it, and it wasn't really working at the time, it, this is a time for you to create new skills and create new feelings in the relationship that could be positive and progressive and move it forward for sure. It could also be a meltdown. <laughs> Wait, so I have a question for the people who are partnered and live with people, live with people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I pride my private time. I love the fact that I can just be like, no, I, I can't have company now. I'm social distancing. <laughs> How? So you were social distancing prior to this. You were I'm like, no, no, I'm out. <laughs> and I will continue to do it. Yes. When you, so, so I've talked to a couple of people that I'm working with and their ideas of setting. And so we work around, what is your idea of setting your, your boundaries in the house when you, so it's different in New York, right? I live in Philly and people have a little bit more room, but what, how do you set your boundaries of this is my alone time. So I need to have one hour alone time. Are you going in the bathroom and just sitting there or are you carving out a space? Are you going for that walk by yourself? Like, what do you do in such close quarters to make sure that you're not on top of each other, that you're not, you know, kind of getting on each other's nerves just because of the space issue? Um, I think that I'm definitely asking him what he needs. And I think it's so important. I have a fairly big apartment for New York standards. I have two bedrooms. So, you know, we have the space. Like he can go in one room, I can be in the living room and we don't even have to see each other most of the day. And because I'm a therapist and I have to do video sessions, that's what it's been, right? Like, so all day yesterday I was doing sessions. So I was in one room and he was in another room. I will have to say at the end of the day, I was like super excited. I was like, hey, oh my God, I haven't seen you all day. Like you want to watch something? And he was just looking at me and I knew it. I could tell that he was like, give me a minute, girl. I've been talking to people all day more than he normally talks to people because he's now he's on video and he was done. Right. Like yeah, he was, he was done. and I was able to see it. He didn't need to say it. But in some relationships, people are going to have to learn how to communicate that. Right. 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 Like I am spent for right now. 
I need some alone time. Can you circle back to me in a half an hour? <laughs> circle back. This is going to be the circle back. We're just going to call this episode the circle back. The circle back. So but Melanie, you that- are like the social isolation MVP. You are like, you've got this down. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to say one other thing. I think it might be interesting. It'll come up with some, people will come up with some interesting ways to kind of make that space for themselves. I just wanted to say oh, that. Oh, for sure. Definitely, for sure. There's a beginning, middle, and end of the day over here, for sure. I, um, right. Yeah, we like it. Um, okay, well, listen, this has been amazing. I couldn't yeah. be happier than spending the morning with you two. I love it so much. I would do it every day. And if you we have are- to ask Melanie the two questions. Oh, shoot. Go ahead. I forgot. Melanie, you got to answer these two okay, questions. Okay, really Go quickly. Uh-huh. What is your favorite 90s jam? Oh, jam. Ooh, jam. Petty jam for me. Don't. Don't. <laughs> oh, did she just sing it? Oh, she's she singing it. Hello, oh, oh, you know. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Okay. I did not expect that. We got a little karaoke from Mel. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and one more, and then you're going to take us out, Diana. Have you ever dined and dashed? In college, yeah. <laughs> so cool. She's like, yes. Yes, I did. I was like, yes, no, I did. I'm waiting for the waitress. Lord have mercy. I'm waiting for the waitress to come on. Um, Everybody goes to the bathroom. You go here, you go here. And oh, then you go. Lord have mercy. Okay. We all grow up and we do different things when we become adults. We become different people when we're adults. Yes. Exactly. Okay, college students, it does not mean dine and dash. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All of us are available right now for telehealth. If this is, if you have any, anything that um, is on your mind and you need somebody to talk to bewellpsychotherapy.com. Yeah. And that's it. We'll see you next week. Okay. Bye. bye right. Wash your hands, people. Wash your Wash hands. Stay healthy. Social distance in the park. <laughs> <laughs>